0: I'm here with Lee Koontz, who is the President and Artistic Director of Gateway's Music Festival, a summer series of chamber and orchestra concerts featuring professional professional classical musicians of African descent. How are you doing today, Mr. Koons? I am terrific, terrific, and please call me Lee. Okay. Uh, Lee, uh, where did you grow up, and uh, when did you realize you had a passion for music?
1: Yeah, I, I grew up in Chicago, and um, I started learning to play the piano when I was eight. And, um, you know, from there, I developed a love for the instrument. And then the music, I think, came next. And it's been my life's work and my life's passion since then.
0: That's amazing. You've had a, a pretty terrific career. I, I was reading your bio before uh, the interview, just a uh, brush up. And who or what inspired you to pursue a career in music and, Uh, who are what has been like you know the most important influences on your musical life and career
1: yeah those are those are great questions
0: um
1: you know i think that for most people who um pursue music um as a career it's really the only thing they can think of doing It's, it's the thing that is the most important thing for them in their lives and so i think that was true for me um it was the thing that i loved doing it was the thing that that um as they say, spoke to me, and I followed that path, and that's um, what I continue to do.
0: That's incre- incredible. Um, I saw in your bio, it also talked about how you earned a Bachelor's of Music in Piano Performance from the Oberlin Conservatory of Music, and then a Bachelor's of Art in Spanish Literature from Oberlin College, and then a Master's of Music in Piano Performance and Literature from the Eastman School of Music and you've been the director of community relations at the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and you've been the executive director at a number of uh, prestigious musical schools. Uh, what, have, what has been the greatest challenges of your career so far?
1: Wow, you know, I've, I've been so lucky, Ryan. Um, I've been able to do the things that, um, that I really cared about Um, So, you know, my work at the Chicago Symphony Orchestra was extraordinary, an amazing experience working with that amazing orchestra Um, in my hometown. You know, I grew up in Chicago. So it was a great experience working with the Chicago Symphony Orchestra Um, and my work in community music schools um, throughout the country, at least in New York and Chicago. It has also been very rewarding. So, I mean, I've had um, an amazing career Um, and I think the work I'm doing at, at the Gateways Music Festival um everything i've done in, in my life up until this point has led me to this point um and i think gateways is what i was put on the planet t- to do
0: for sure um you know being uh from chicago myself like mm-hmm. you know uh, i know like you know uh sometimes and like I'm i'm from the city the South Side, yeah. there's a lot of like, you know, cuts to music programs. People like necessarily don't have access, you know, what can be done about like, you know, teaching people from underprivileged neighborhoods like myself, you know, to be able to have access to learn instruments.
1: Yeah, yeah. You now I'm from the South Side of Chicago too. Um, I'm a, a lot older than you. <laughs> uh, there was a time though um, in Chicago and in cities around the country uh, where learning to play a musical instrument was something that was a normal part of a, a child education. And so, you know, when I was growing up um, in Chicago, in the third grade, everybody in my school got a, like a violin and maybe some kids even started in first grade, but everybody in the school was, was playing a musical instrument. And it was, it was normal um, towns like Rochester, New York, um, all of them had extraordinary public music school programs. Um, so I think that, you know, as those programs have, have disappeared and declined over the years, you know, we have fewer and fewer Black kids learning how to play musical instruments. Um, and as you know, you know, learn, playing a musical instrument, um, or becoming a classical musician, is something that you most folks start at a really, really young age. You know, so the so, so some violinists, you know, start at age three, um, and so if you don't have that early start, it's really challenging to make it in in the field. Um, of course, wind instrument players and singers usually start later, um, but for the string players, especially violin, the early start is really essential. So, um, I think the fact that we don't have more music programs in our schools. Um, Affects the number of folks who go on to professional careers in classical music, but it also affects, you know, those the number of people in our community who have a love and appreciation for the music. So if you if you played the violin or the trombone or the tuba or whatever in in middle school, you have this sense of what this music is. The language of music, language of classical music, is is a, a language you speak. And I think in our community now, in the black community, it is a foreign language to far too many of us. Classical music is a foreign language, and it didn't used to be
0: that way. Um, According uh, to the most recent study by the League of American Orchestras, uh, black musicians represented 1.8% of the nation's orchestra players in 2014, a figure that has not budged in 12 years. Uh, the new york philharmonic had only three black musicians in his history why is american classical music so white
1: <laughs> yeah um i think it's related very much to the to the um what i just said and and our hometown symphony um has had one black player in its entire history wow. and that person um you know probably started less than 20 years ago and You know, the orchestra is over 100 years old, and it's only had one Black player. And for my time at the Chicago Symphony, actually, he was hired after I left. So from the time I was there, there were no Black players. And I I think that the issue is, um, as I said, um, people of African descent have been involved in classical music since, you know, the 1500s, since the beginning. Uh, the, Henry the Seventh and Henry the Eighth had a black trumpet player in their court. Um, Beethoven wrote um, what is now known as the Kreutzer Sonata for a black violinist, George Bridgetower. Um, people of African descent have been involved in this music for since forever, and I think the challenge now is that um, in our communities, young children um, are not given access to these instruments. And I think that has changed everything. Um, and it reduces the number of our, uh, of children who are entering the field of classical music. And I'll, I'll, end that thought by saying, um, you know, there was a time in the United States when most orchestras were white and male. Um, and now orchestras are, there's gender diversity in, in American orchestras. Um, there's a, a large uh, component of, of Asian musicians now in, in American orchestras. And I think that that is an example that we could use for the black community. Um, there are, you know, you know, millions of young children um, from Asian countries who are learning to play musical instruments, millions, um, and, and that, um, of course, then leads to that small percentage that become professionals, and then that smaller percentage that goes to become members of major symphony orchestras. Um, and so you, you compare those millions of kids from Japan and from China who are learning to play these instruments at a really high level compared to the number of black kids who are learning to play those instruments. And so the, the number of black kids players in American symphony orchestras and in classical music um, will probably stay the same just because the the number of kids in particular entering and learning how to play the musical interest, the number is just not great enough, right? And the same is true, you know, if, if there were, you know, um, you know, 10 black basketball players a year, that's not enough to feel the NBA, right? And so I think the same is true in classical music. We don't have enough black musicians coming up through the the pathway um, to really make a significant difference in the world of classical music. That said, there are many of us in this field, many, many, many of us um, who have long been ignored um, and some of the best players Um, in the world happen to be people of African descent. Some of the best composers in the world happen to be people of African descent. Um, But for far too long and far too often, um, we are ignored.
0: As a musician, uh, what is your definition of success?
1: Yeah. Um, Now, as a musician or as an administrator? (laughs) Um, Both, if you you have... (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think as an administrator um, and as an an administrator and a, you know, leader of the Gateways Music Festival, success to me is um, what Gateways is able to do as an organization to improve, change, or enrich the lives of classical musicians. Um, And that's our mission. Um, And so when we're able to do that, when we're doing that, I consider that a success.
0: Wow, that's incredible. Uh, The Gateways Music Festival Orchestra is making history as the first all-Black classical symphony orchestra to do a feature performance at Carnegie Hall. It's the first time ever in the prestigious venues, 130-year history. Uh, Can you talk about the significance of this historic moment set to take place on April 24th, 2022?
1: Yeah, it is really truly extraordinary, Ryan. Um, we were invited to be a part of Carnegie Hall's uh, upcoming season. Actually, back in 2019 was when we were first, first invited by Carnegie Hall. And what's, you know, what's really a big deal about this is that um, the Gateways Orchestra um, is being presented by Carnegie Hall. So we are not uh, renting the hall. We're not being presented. We're being presented by Carnegie Hall as a part of their 2021-22 season, and that is significant. And so, Gateways is the first orchestra of all all black orchestra um, to be presented by Carnegie Hall in that way. Um, so it's a big, big deal. We are um, starting the festival in Rochester on April the 18th. Um, rehearsals and kind of a preview performance on wednesday then we bring the entire festival to new york so it's more than just the concert at carnegie hall we've got chamber music recitals we have panel discussions a film screening and after hours um and all of that happens all of that precedes um the big concert on sunday april 24th and you know carnegie hall was very clear with us they wanted um all of Gateways, not just the performance on Sunday. Um, So we are kind of taking over New York City on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And there will be Gateways performances all over, which is really, truly exciting.
0: That's incredible, Lee. I appreciate you so much for uh, taking the time.
1: It's my pleasure. Thank you so much, Ryan. Enjoyed speaking with you. You too.